to episode 7 of Amplified Marriage. Today, we're going to talk about WEFM. you want to know what that is, you have to listen. Welcome to another episode of Amplified Marriage. My name is Brian. My name is Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, have a seat, grab a bag of Doritos, a tea, a coffee, sit down on your couch, put on your headphones. We are going to be actually furthering our conversation into the contract versus covenant, but we're going to change the language a little bit. We're going to talk about what we call, and you may have heard before, called the (laughs) WEFM. It's called WEFM. What's in it for me? That's right. And our tagline for our last podcast was, are you in this marriage for me or we? And this we from thing, what's in it for me, is a mindset that can actually destroy your marriage. That's right. So today we're talking about servanthood and serving our spouses and what that what that could look like, what it's looked like for our marriage. And what it could look like for you. That's right. So Philippians 2 verses three to five says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the other. And Mark ten forty five says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So we're going to base our whole conversation around the fact that Jesus came to serve and that that scripture talks about us serving others and putting value on them above ourselves. And one thing that Hollywood does a spectacular job of uh, is really telling you that if you get married and you find the right person and it's going to be the Mr. Right or the Mrs. Right, the soulmate, soulmate, (laughs) you're going to have perfect happiness. You're going to have no conflict. It's going to be Instagram perfect. You're going to have the complete me, happy Facebook, and just an obsession with your mate, and that's just how it's supposed to be. That's what Hollywood tells us. Mm -hmm. And the reality... Sometimes can be that, I guess. I'm sure there's people out there. And there's moments too, like not, you know, we've been married for a long time. Uh, There are moments that are really like how we portray them on social media. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. And one thing that we did, like, what what is the purpose of marriage? I mean, one of the, the things that we've learned now is that marriage really is just, it's to provide a partnership for each other to have spiritual intimacy physical intimacy and we get to pursue god together and so that that's a major part of being but it's also it brings that companionship and that fruitfulness that you have together and And the the closeness and the closeness that we're designed to have and so again the hollywood thing is always refining the soulmate this is what we're supposed to do someone who will you complete me (laughs) and it's such a, a a weird thing to like I can say that now, uh, when we were dating, she probably I did probably did say she completes me. And right? Y- yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we, you know, because we're not we're not like. Well, we didn't know better. We were nineteen and twenty one, so <laughs> and we're super cliche. Yeah, you complete me. Then we get married. Everything goes sideways. She didn't complete me anymore. Uh, and the problem with the phrase of is that you complete me. Is that you are hinging everything of your happiness, everything of your self-identity, everything of your value, of your worth. Everything is on that other person by saying, you complete me. That's right. That's never how it was meant to be. The only one 
that completes us and fills every single one of those empty wounds or voids in our heart is the Lord. And so um, I think going into it with a healthy understanding of you don't complete me, like I choose you, I want you. Um, Can I survive without you? Yes. What? Right? But I I don't want to. I didn't get that memo. I choose you. You know, whatever. (laughs) But and and the purpose of of that is like you want to be able to live without your spouse because what happens when you're um, faced with a health situation or whatever like you don't know what your future holds and if I am looking to you to fulfill. Everything. Every single aspect of me, like I don't have time with my friends or, you know, you were never meant to fill all of those voids. I need time with my girls, right? In order to, right? We get each other. There's there's parts of me as a woman that you can't fill the, the need for gab. and Thank goodness. Right? And so, and there's things within you as a man I can't fulfill because I just don't get. <laughs> Right. And that's okay. Like you need your guy friends in order to fulfill some of those raw edges. I don't know if that's how you want to call it. And at the beginning, we kind of had this whole love conquers all attitude. But what happened was as soon as we got married, we realized, you know, I think I've said this before. Maybe you've heard me say it, say it before is that there's two times in your life you realize how selfish you really are. Yeah. One, the first time or when you get married. And then the second time is when you have children. Mm-hmm. And when I think back about our early time that we were married, oh, married, we were like, I was incredibly selfish, completely self-absorbed. I didn't know about anything else. We thought we were invincible and nothing was actually going to be able to touch us. We could conquer the world. That's right. And, and even when we scored 20% on our marriage expectations <laughs> on our quiz in marriage counseling, uh, we didn't care. And we just found every excuse as to why we scored so low uh, that, you know, well, we didn't really understand, which we didn't understand. Like those quizzes are not... They should be more clear because, uh, you know, we didn't live together before we got married. I know, shocker in this generation, but how was I to know or plan for possible situations 10 years down the road? I was thinking and answering the those, yeah, those questions in the moment, what we were currently facing and well, we bombed it. And I mean, it would be obvious as marriage <laughs> went on why we bombed, but nonetheless, looking to someone to fulfill spiritual, emotional, physical, uh, mental, mental, every aspect of me is just, you know, it's idolatry. Absolutely. And that that's really what it ends up being is that you're expecting the other person to fulfill it. Then you're missing out or missing and they are missing that mark because no one can complete. No one can reach that high no. level of expectation when they're supposed to complete you. Exactly. Right. And that's not fair. And we didn't also have a lot of friends around us. That, we had no friends. That, yeah. That, that didn't surround us as good role models um, and explain to us and challenge us and maybe take shots at our perspective that were incorrect and say, Hey man, like, what are you doing? How are you saying those things? We didn't yeah. surround ourselves with people like that. Again, we thought we were invincible yeah. and that we could do everything on our own. And that's just not the case. That's right. And it was literally the day after we got married that the tension for serving one another really kind of was like, it 
we hit our heads against a wall the mm. day after. We didn't, you know, have no honeymoon period <laughs> for, you know, a few years and, and stuff. It was just boom, right there. As soon as we got married. Yeah. Every, as soon as we got married, it was like that, that, that we went to Edmonton, good old wild Edmonton to West Ed Mall for a honeymoon because we couldn't afford much else. I was a Walmart employee and she was a newly minted nurse and so we weren't we making no money <laughs> so in fact our uncle Vern had to pay for us to go <laughs> thanks uncle Vern, if you ever listen to this but it was the day after our wedding and our priorities were in dating mind um exactly we can get over everything together just by love and we complete each other and everything's gonna happen the way we want it to yeah. and that's not what it all happened the moment that we got married literally the priorities shifted and i still tried to be single well Married. Yeah. So I was behaving as a single, in a relationship, but single guy. Oh, my friends were a priority. And yeah. I was out doing what they wanted to do and all that kind of stuff. And your friends showing up at all hours of the day or night. So like you couldn't even plan to be romantic because you never knew if you were coming home with, with you know, one of your friends or not. Right. So it, it made for some really challenging and tense conversations uh in those really i'm pretty sure they were just early years we learned i don't know how much we actually fought before we got married oh but but as soon as we got married it's just like everything went up a notch yeah like everything i don't know we i don't know that like if i look back i would say i needed another year or two to grow up and be an adult and be like mature (laughs) exactly and the day literally the day after we had our gift opening and your friends were heading up to, um, I don't know, someplace in the bush, some rat cabin or whatever. And I was like, well, it's our day after our wedding. Like, don't we have other things we want to be doing? And, and you were hell bent on going on this stupid hiking trip. I don't even trip. know what I was thinking. I, look at- I don't, well now, 19 years later. I still don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but you know, he, like you were just really obnoxious yeah. about not wanting to go to a family barbecue. Um, so here's where we began the long journey of serving to get something yep. in return was the day after we got married. What's in, the, what's in it for me? That's right. And so it was like, well, if you're going to this, then, uh, you're going to be coming to this stupid family barbecue we had planned. Right. And this was how uh, the day after our wedding started. And, and we did, it was like 24 hours into marriage. And we were already like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And you'll get to know Natalie um, through the podcast. Those of you that know her that are listening to this also realize that everything with her against me is a competition. Absolutely. Basketball, tennis, ping pong, golf, walking, running. Everything. Being in the house, breathing (laughs) is a competition for her against me. I don't have that same problem, but she competes with me in everything. And so... At the early part of a marriage, she was using that competition against me. Oh, against me. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> she we, was holding. You were holding it all over my head. Oh, big time! Yeah. I, you know they say elephants never forget. Well, neither does Natalie. Wounded wives never forget. Wounded. That's either ooh, right. Look at you, wounded wives. They never and forget. No, and I ended up giving very little of <laughs> like the bare minimum of me. Yeah. Uh, just so I could get what I wanted in return. And, and doing that, we really became masters of disguise. Yep. People for a long time didn't realize that we were struggling because we could turn it on in front of people. And we were the most loving, newlywedish. People, how, 
people. And then the moment that we were out of the public eye, it was just like cat and dog oh, fighting sometimes man. for like a couple, couple hours. Like we weren't necessarily big, big yellers, but well, no, yeah, but, no. oh, we, I, I was a yeller. I don't know. You weren't vicious and cruel and spiteful with my words. Cause you have that in you. I have that in me. And yeah. I know that about myself. Everything was just falling apart and she was doing everything she could to keep it over my head. Yeah. Um, and it became exhausting, at, especially when, you know, I've been in church my whole life. I was a Christian. Yeah. Um, I wanted to believe that I was different than I was, but I wasn't. I was a real jerk. <laughs> and I, I was in it for me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in it for her, even though I heard all those scriptures that we read at the beginning. I've heard all of the, the sermons about serving others and loving your spouse. Yeah. And our, our pastor, Ed, that was a dean of students for Bible school, was saying, you know, she's a gift and you want to give her back to God better. I didn't know what any of that mean, meant really or was unwilling at that time to move things. And we were really just keeping our heads above water. We barely survived the first two years of marriage. Um, we almost got divorced. We talked about divorce. Yeah. We were moving in the direction of divorce and we began to look everywhere um, for any kind of answer release. Now, one thing we didn't do is we didn't step out on each other. No. So I'm grateful um, for that. We're grateful for that. But there's something that we learn now after the last, say, five, eight years of marriage have been the best years of our life yeah. being a married couple. But there's something that we know now that I wish I would have known then. It says we can have excuses or we can have progress, but you can't have both. Yeah. We were making up excuses for everything. And even in your own relationship, here's some of the excuses that couples we use. Well, and we, that we and made. We that, made for not wanting to serve one another. And maybe you can identify with this. Number one is I just don't want to. Yeah. Right? Like, Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. I don't want to get you... You know, okay. Can I don't I t- want to do anything. Can for I tell you. you a story? It's it's a short story. <laughs> do yeah. I? I don't know what you're you going to say. <laughs> this you're going to laugh. My wife will be standing with her water bottle. Oh yes. <laughs> with okay, and I'm going to embellish a little bit. Standing next to the sink with the water on, and ask me to come from across the house to fill up her water before she goes to bed. Now, at the beginning, this really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> now. I w- I'm willing. Now it's a game. Now, now it's a game and I know it's coming. And so I try and preemptively strike the water bottle before she has to ask me. But she used to stand next to the, the tap with it running and, and do it to spite me. Hey, can you fill up my water bottle? And I just used to get so mad. And I would yell, no, I don't want to. And literally go to sleep or lay down or do something else, anything but to serve her in that moment. That's right. And, and- then for you people that might be in that same situation, I started to really compliment the most obscure parts of him. And so I would just be looking across as a, at, when we, when things were healthy. Yeah. When we were things, healthy. When, yeah. When things were healthier, um, <laughs> in order to, and this is this bargaining that we were talking about in our earlier podcasts of, Hey, you know, did I ever tell you how uniform your eyebrows are? Which is the dumbest thing. I don't and, have uniform eyebrows. And, uh, he would be like, Oh, what do you want? What's it going to cost? I'm like, it's not going to cost you any money. Yay. I would love. Have you said that? For you. Yes, I have. That's not going to cost me money? Yep, I have. I don't even think that's a thing. Moving on. Number two. (laughs) I'm tired. That's the one you see in movies all the time. (laughs) I got a headache. I'm tired. I don't have sex. You know, whenever. And, And to be fair, there are times where that is accurate i mean we had talked about but if you're communicating those expectations and you know hey like i actually am tired and right now i just 
I don't want to do anything. Or I don't want to serve you. That's different. But we were doing this. I'm tired as of just spite That's and right. anger. Yeah. And I'm not doing, no, I'm tired. I'm and not going get, out. And to get a rise. Friends. I was so immature, but to get a rise out of you. And you um, sure did. Right. And not the good kind of rise either. No. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from that. <laughs> uh, that's your job. Right. We have, okay, <laughs> guys, in our house, we believe in that marriage and husband and wife is equal, equal. And that you you serve each other and you live your relationship in love and completeness as you possibly can, doing equal roles around the house. That's right. We have pink and blue jobs in our house. That's right. And the jobs, quite frankly, I don't want to do. I just label them blue jobs. <laughs> Which could be anything on Which, any given yeah, day. Exactly. But I will say for the that's your job, as long as you are communicating your expectations and what we had talked about early on in our podcast was that, you know, when we talked about mowing the lawn or... um car maintenance was that 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 was what my dad did yeah and i just assumed that you knew that even though i hadn't communicated hey i would really appreciate <laughs> you making sure that the cars yeah, right. you know taking care of the oil and all of that so that's your job yeah if you're communicating hey these are these yeah. are what i'm comfortable doing these are what you're comfortable doing and then we come to an yeah. agreement right next one is you said you would which in I mean, if you're saying you're going to do something, you, then need, to do you it. need to do it. But then we were so young and immature in our relationship. And like, this is not necessarily an age thing, but we were young and it was like, you said you would. And I was like, well, I just don't want to now going back to, I just don't want to. So you said you would do it. And then you say, I don't want to, or yeah. I'm tired and you use all kind of excuse not to do That's the right. thing that you said you would. And for you, um, for, because I had asked you, or maybe I didn't ask you, maybe I just told you. And because you were kind of rebellious in that you're like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm and then still it, like that. Right. Yeah. Well, and we've learned to how to communicate a lot better over 19 years. <laughs> yep. I'm going out. Is that me or you? I think, I think was... more me. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I do. Cause I mean, when you would get home, I don't know. I was so mad at you. I didn't want to be in the same place. And so, um, as a nurse, I would do graveyard shifts so that I'd sleep all day and he would work all day and be home at night. So we were never on the same schedule for a, for for a, a while. long time. Yeah. Um, so it was like, well, see ya. And then we had kids and our firstborn was very colicky. And so at the end of your whatever, however, 12 hour shift, I would literally be dressed with my purse and him in my arms to hand him off to you. It's like, I'm going out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, if I love having Ooh. a home cooked dinner, this and we was, talked about this, yeah. I love having a home cooked dinner. But she would use this um, as a if you want it, you make it, and yeah. that used to drive me crazy because I'd be I had a hard job, and I love coming home. She is such a great cook. I love all of her food. There's never been one thing that she's made that I'm like, man, this is terrible. Well, I've, except the balsamic asparagus, that was really gross. That was really strange. That I don't, I don't know what you were trying. I, did, I was trying to, I was trying to like talk you up here. Yeah, you, thank you for that. You, you did this on your own. Just remember that. Yeah, the balsamic vinegar thing, but it everything. Was weird. There's never been hard like one thing in almost twenty years we've been yeah. married. 
there's been one thing and I loved her meals and it came to the place where it was a regular occurrence. Yeah. If you want it, you make it yourself. And That's I right. always reverted back to. Well, because hurt people hurt people. I was, I would always revert, revert back to um, peanut butter and jam sandwiches, which right? is not a lot of protein. Yeah. Now I had no problem at that point making something really nice and luxurious for me but i would make enough which for you me. did in front and of I me like, man that's a nice looking chicken meal where's right? mine oh i well, didn't make you it you want it you can make it yeah that's right uh, and so this awful. is this next one is more of an internal thing that you're going to say and maybe you have said it to your spouse we know of couples that have said this if you won't work on this marriage then neither will i that's right and that right there that actually internally you've quit and you've yep. given up and you've stopped trying and you know this one's this one's so internal. This is a really interesting one because the I counsel men, and we'll go and we'll have coffee, and I'll be talking with men, and they're having trouble with their 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 wife. And something that I always challenge men in, and Natalie challenges the women in, is that you're responsible for you. Yeah, you need to be res- be accountable for your behavior, That's what right. comes out of your mouth, what's in your thoughts how you're going to respond when your spouse doesn't do the, if you want it, you make it kind of attitude or I don't want to, or I'm tired. You're in control. You're a big boy. You're an adult. You need to take responsibility and accountability for your actions. That's right. But this one, even if you're not saying it out loud. Oh, I thought it. I've thought it, but inside you actually are almost agreeing with yourself that it's okay to quit because they quit. Right. And if you have any desire, even in the midst of all this, to make your relationship work, that sentence right there can yeah. be a killer That's right. to your psyche between you and your, your spouse. That's right. And so... And it builds resentment. It does. It right? builds so much resentment. Um, that was like, well, you know, and then, and then for us, like, we resorted to ridiculous measures to try to change each other's behavior rather than focusing on, okay, what am, what am I contributing to this mess? Yeah. Uh, because we were contributing to the mess individually. It wasn't just you and it wasn't just me. It was both of us equally. Yeah. Uh, and then one that kind of accompanies that one is our marriage would be better if he or she would do their share of the work. Yeah. You've heard us talk about this. There's times in your relationship, there's times at your job, there's times at your church, yeah. there's times in your brother to brother relationship or your sister to sister where you're having to do more because they're sick, they're hurt, they, your they're wife pregnant. got they're pregnant, your wife yeah. got pregnant, or they just got sick at work, or they have a chronic illness that yeah. you didn't expect early in a relationship. One of our closest friends, they have issues yeah. like this, and right. it's not something they expected. It's not something that they knew was going to come on. They had to figure out how to do this. Yeah, how to navigate a how, new normal. How to navigate a new normal. That's right. So choosing, and and they have chosen to serve one another. It looks different than it did um, with serious health issues, but they've they've really made a dual effort to serve each other. In and the they have a that. healthy, funny relationship. Yeah. And so it can be done. Absolutely. It can be done. Um, and there's a, a, a phrase that we've heard before, but it says, it goes like this. When you can't understand someone's expectations, you won't be able to make sense of their disappointments. Exactly. And so these are all things that need to be communicated. These are things that some of you may be listening to this and being like, man, I'm right in the middle of this. Yeah. And you're struggling with it. And so there's just a few things we want to leave with you. One of them is you just got to be teachable. 
Absolutely. And teachable to do your own research about you. Yeah. Right? Like, I need to be teachable for the people that I have as a support system um, speaking into my life. I have to be able to receive maybe someone's perspective of, you know, it really, you you might want to look at how you're choosing to speak to or about your spouse be soft be open yeah but be teachable because the moment that you are unteachable uh you actually stop yourself from growing and stop yourself from moving forward in your relationship that's right number two is to s- surrender yeah now we don't mean surrender as in surrender and give up we mean no. surrender your thoughts surrender your preconceived notions surrender maybe even your perspective or the way yeah. you do things just surrender and surrender maybe to what god's even saying to you in your relationship because if you're a believer and you're listening to this god's speaking to you about you and your spouse right and, and how this relationship can and be the, better and the whole concept of laying one's life down for the other and marriage is very much like that there are times where um there's a lot of sacrifice absolutely right and so not resenting your spouse for that, but but just choosing to lay down, like we had to lay down our expectations. I emailed my husband a list. I don't even know how long that email was, probably two pages mm-hmm. of every single expectation that I had thought, vocalized or didn't vocalize to right. him that I had said to other people and this and that. And I got really raw and honest with myself. I had to surrender that and lay it down because there was no way that you could live up to that. (laughs) No, I remember some of the list. And here's the the third one is surround yourself with the right people. People that are going to fight for you in your marriage. And here's some of you are listening to this and you have people in your life that are actually toxic to you. They're hindering you from moving forward with your spouse. They're saying things or doing things or inserting themselves in situations that they have no no right being into and if the people that are in your corner that you think are in your corner aren't pointing you to any direction of success or cheerleading for your marriage here's the question do you need them right and if they're always talking about their spouse and talking them down and talking about your spouse and you know might you need to reevaluate the value placed on that kind of input coming into your marriage, right? You want, you want people that are willing to call you out on your behavior and Mm -hmm. on your thoughts and on your perspective in a healthy way and say, you know what, there's a better way, not shying away out of fear of hurting your feelings. Uh, and we have those people now, uh, but you, you want those people that are cheering you on for the success of your marriage. Absolutely. And so this is just a, um, a recap really of contract versus covenant. And so there's those three things, be teachable, surrender and surround yourself with the right people, people that really are going to fight for you and your marriage. So thank you so much for joining the amplified marriage podcast. We are so glad that you can join us. If you have any questions or comments or something that you would love for us to just take apart and do a podcast on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at amplified marriage at gmail.com. Thanks for joining. Bye. Thank you.